everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me this week, well, it's a JRPG, so you know damn well who the hell is here right now. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. James. How you doing today? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Good to good to be back on the show, and always, I think you should just do JRPGs every week. I think that seems what you're going for, right? <laughs> oh, man, that's what it, that's what seems like the horizon is going to be. Uh, a lot, a lot of 100-hour games in your future. <laughs> <laughs> at least uh, every other week. Um, <laughs> Willie, I think I've talked about this on the show, but Willie did come up with a, uh, a good idea to, um, in between episodes, so like next week I'll do a short game, and then the week after that I'll start Dragon Quest. Or, you know, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start Dragon Quest this week, but I'm going to give myself two weeks of playing that, and then in between doing the episodes for the long games, I'm going to play like a two or three hour game that you can beat just and then do a little short episode on that in between the long episodes because dragon quest is going to take a while oh you, you i don't see it any other way you would do it because yeah your, your son now you know berseria was a little bit shorter on the jrpg scale but still yeah dragon quest easy 100 hours yeah yeah and i'm thinking even spaced out it's probably going to be three or four episodes it, to do it properly, of course, yeah. So yeah, that's that's probably what I'm going to end up doing is uh, running short games in between the, the longer ones to kind of give me so I'm not trying to crunch a bunch in a week. You know what I mean? Oh well, yeah. Because I feel like because I've started playing some Final Fantasy 14 again, uh, I did <laughs> I did myself a disservice um, playing Tales of Berseria, and there were at least two days that I was like, I should be playing Tales of Berseria, but I'm just going to play Final Fantasy fourteen all day. Because I'm trying to get this damn certain gear for my paladin so he looks cool. <laughs> so, but I, uh, I persevered. I persevered. I did roll you credits did good. on good work. Tales last night. Um, yeah, we we were. You know, it's funny because we've talked plenty of times before, but like, and just to throw this out there, we did not talk beforehand. I just so happened to start playing this game again as a replay, and then like a couple of days later, I think you got the poll results, yep. and it won. So if, by the fates, we just ended up playing this game at the same time, and like we're both racing to try to finish it. We tried last week, and and we were nowhere near it. We we really wanted to finish it because you haven't played it before, and to talk about it fully, you've got to actually beat the game and roll credits. Yeah, yeah, and and in fact, last night when I rolled credits, uh, not to get to that moment yet. You know, we'll touch on it in a little <laughs> bit, but when I did, I was in Discord with my Final Fantasy crew. Uh, shout out. Uh, Dave Grimm, Zal, Palsh, and Dave Grimm, Zal, Palsh, me, and TPH. Uh, that was the, he's, he's a new addition, so I was trying to think of who was the other new. <laughs> so sh- shout out those guys. We were all sitting in chat uh, just talking, and I just went, oh, shit, and muted myself and pulled my headphones off because <laughs> the, the cutscene got real. So I wanted oh, to really yes. hear it, and then I sat there, oh, yeah. and you know, I, I had some tears. I didn't quite cry; like I wasn't like, <laughs> no, no. But I definitely, definitely had like a, one or two of the Indian tears stroll down my face. <laughs> like, oh man, or Native American tears, whatever you want to call it. Um, it it's okay. <laughs> That's the least offensive thing you're going to say today. Fair, fair. Uh, I thought it really. I thought it really wrapped up. My, I will. T- I will say this right off the bat. It makes me want to play Zestiria. Does it though? 
It does because <laughs> see, I've I've got none of that, none of that built up aggression towards hysteria, and it, and we, it we can touch on that, of course, too. <laughs> but you know, apparently the worlds uh, intertwine. Uh, it's the same world space, but there's a huge time gap, I think, between yes. them. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, we, I mean, we can dive into that now if you want to. Yeah, well, I mean, we should. Yeah, we can. So, uh, so, burst area is a prequel to zest area, but zest area ended up coming out first. Um, I forget what year, maybe 2014. It was towards the beginning of PS4. Burst area followed uh, in 2016, being a prequel and a hundred percent better video game. So, <laughs> I hated zest area. I didn't like much of anything about it whatsoever. Burst area was a completely different experience. I loved it immensely and ended up actually playing it, you know, the second time through. But <laughs> they are a thousand years, you know, between each entry and connected in terms of what happens at the end of Burst area is the story for Zest area. Um, so I would encourage you to play it. You don't have the sixty dollar. This is a terrible game <laughs> problem going for you. I think what'd you pay a couple bucks for it? It wasn't much. Uh, Zysteria, I think I got for seven ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So you've got a whole different mindset of longtime Tales fan like I am, completely disappointed. You can at least go into it and say, okay, I want to continue this story even if I don't like the overall mechanics of the game. Okay. Um, now, after listening to this episode, if anyone feels interested in playing these games, I do want to say that for the next 10 days, 21 hours, um, HumbleBundle.com has a Best of Bandai Namco bundle going. Oh, yes. And um, if you pay 12 or more dollars, Tales of Berseria is one of the games that you unlock, uh, along with, uh, let's see, it says pay $1 to unlock Pac-Man 256. Mm-hmm. Big whoop. Um, but pay tw- $12 <laughs> to also lo- unlock Tekken 7. Tales of Berseria and Katamari Damacy reroll, big value there. Yeah, and then um, pay nineteen dollars to unlock as well, along with those um, Tales of Zestiria, Rad, and Little Nightmares Complete Edition. So if you wanted to drop twenty bucks, you could have Berseria and Zestiria. So if this, if we sell you on this game today, <laughs> go go get it cheap from Humble Bundle. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I paid 120 for the both of them, so I would easily, yeah. <laughs> you know. Bursary goes on sale all the time for 10 bucks, but, I mean, that's a good deal. I thought uh, Code Vein was in there, too, for 20 which is another JRPG. Um, I think Code Vein is on the next. Okay. The next tier. Um, okay. On, oh, the, I thought it was a $20 one. But maybe. No, yeah. On the, okay. Here's the thing. Like, you can pay 1907 to unlock those games, or you can pay $20 and also get Code Vein and Project Cars Three. So yeah, <laughs> you, know, you could spend ninety ninety three more cents and get two more games. <laughs> I, I didn't love Code Vein. I just played the demo and kind of like is a little too slow for me. But twenty bucks for all those games is really ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know how Humble Bundle stays in business. I don't either. They're still in it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've got Code Vein and it's on the. Uh, it's on the list, but I've I've installed it and kind of messed around with the character creator, which I thought was pretty cool. But other than that, it, I haven't yeah, that, that might be the best part, honestly. <laughs> I, I know it's kind of like a uh, Souls esque type, like slow, brooding yeah. combat, heavy hits. 
that's the that's kind of the impression I got. But it was just kind of like I mean, like I said, I only played the demo, so I, I probably shouldn't pass judgment on it. But I wasn't impressed enough to want to put down money for it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let me uh, run through the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit real quick here. <laughs> um, we've got Tales of Berseria, or also known as uh, Teruzu Obu Berusaria. Nice. I think I got that right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, is a Japanese-style action role-playing video game developed and published by Bandai Namco Entertainment for the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and Microsoft Windows. It is the 16th mm-hmm. entry... <laughs> main entry in the Tales series and a prequel to Tales of Zestiria. It was released in Japan for PlayStation 3 and 4 in mid-August 2016 and released worldwide uh, for PlayStation 4 and Windows January 2017. There is a manga adaptation of this game that was serialized um, in Ichijinsa's Ichijinsha. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> monthly comic magazine since October 2016, so that's pretty cool. It uh, is. I had forgotten that that came out for PS3 in Japan and obviously didn't come out in the West by that point. PS4 had taken over completely. I was about to say, I'm surprised this came out on PS3, but this is also like, I was surprised that Persona 5 came out on PS3. Exactly. That was right then. You know, I guess 2016, it was still popular enough in Japan to, to warrant a release, but worldwide, not so much. Yeah. yeah was... I had to imagine it would run like garbage, though. I can't I, imagine it being all that great. Yeah, man, I can imagine you know, like low frames, uh, less textures. Yeah, I mean, know, especially when I mean, obviously you're playing on PC and I'm playing on PS4, but like, there's a lot going on there at <laughs> any one time, especially in some of the midst of battle. So, I can't yeah. imagine it being able to handle it. Yeah, and let's let's go ahead and touch on the battle system real quick. Um, oh yes, I turned it on manual. At your suggestion, and it got okay. a lot easier <laughs> okay. to handle. Because, like, I guess when it was on semi-auto or whatever it's called, I didn't even look at what the other choices were. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically auto, semi-auto, or manual. Yeah, The, the semi-auto always one... Been, that's, that's been the case with all of Tales games. That's kind of like if you, you press... You can just press attacks, and she'll pretty much run to the one she's targeting, correct? And then start attacking? Yes. As soon as you hit the attack button, whoever you're targeting, she'll... Or him will run, you know, across the screen if they have to to, to attack them. They won't hit the nearest person. Okay, okay. Um, I gotta, I gotta. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, was not sold on the combat at first. Okay. And if I had to say that this game had a weak point, it would be the combat. Okay, that's and, interesting. And and that's very. It's like a minor, a minor complaint of mine and it was just i felt like after a while i was like oh god another random battle all right <laughs> mash buttons all right they're dead in 20 seconds all right move on yeah you know but other than that the, i thought like don't get me wrong the combat is fluid and it's it feels good and it was fun it just got a little repetitive but that could have been also um me crunching this game the way i did like absolutely 100% probably has to do with that, that I just crammed so much of Tales of Berseria um, that I was, you know, after six hours of random battles, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> that that I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. I don't think really any games are designed to be played <laughs> that long. I mean, 
speaking personally, I'm lucky if I get two hours a night. So that seems like more of a, a good play amount of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should remind myself that. <laughs> a humble reminder every week. Don't play video games all day long. <laughs> but um, so without like running through it beat by beat, um, you got your main character, Velvet. Uh, Velvet Crow. Mm. Um, let's go ahead and say right off the bat, Velvet's a badass. D- a little bit, yeah, yeah. Like uh, even even before all the all the cl- Lord of Calamity stuff, like <laughs> you know, she's got a good head on her shoulders. And like when the game starts out, uh, you're just like in this little village, and you kind of gather that your sister died. Mm-hmm. Um, your little brother's sick. Yeah. And your dad, or I assumed it was your dad. I, you know, at the, you don't you don't really know at the time. Uh, was like, kind of like away on business, or he was off doing something. Hmm. And help me, help me out with this. Um, she needed to get uh, as velvet. You need to go get prickle board meat to trade for medicine for a lopset, right? That's I believe that is what happens at the very beginning. Which oh by the way, it is n- not atypical for JRPGs. It's slow. Like it, there's some you know back <laughs> backstory going on. Kind of you know if you if you play the beginning and you've seen the cover of the game, you're like whoa, what what's going on here? Um, this is obviously before everything goes down, and you've got to learn the mechanics of the game. So yeah, you gotta go get your pricklebore meat to, to to trade with the trader to get lucky sets. Medicine because he's got the um, what the the twelve year sickness I believe they call it. It's yeah. Basically, I don't know what you would equate to that in the real world, but very weak and can't really get out of bed. Always running a fever and the medicine's the only thing that kind of gives him, you know, the strength to even get through the day. So it's 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 it keeps that kind of sad thing the entire <laughs> entire game. But it, it starts off that way. But yeah, yeah, dude, this game was very bleak for a lot of it. Uh huh. And I I respected that choice though. You know what I mean? Like they didn't feel the need to uh, artificially cheer you up in spots. It's like, nah, dude. This world is full of fucking misery. <laughs> Welcome <Yes>. to it. <laughs> it is the world of malevolence, and you know some of the other Tales games have have done that idea to death. And and like you said in the in the opening, there are sixteen titles. You, you got to do something different. And this was definitely. A big difference, especially coming from Zestiria, which was definitely more kind of bright and sunny and all happy-go-lucky type of deal. But this was dark, and it stayed dark. There was some, you know, the light moment moments shine brighter because it's such a dark story. But overall, yeah. it, it kind of keeps it. Absolutely. Um, so at a certain point during the whole tutorial, beginning uh, teaching you what's going on, um, the Scarlet Knight happens again. Now, the opening cutscene of the game ha- is during the Scarlet Knight, and if I remember, you don't get to see Velvet. You're seeing through her eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I yeah. so. And um, Arthur, who is the guy that you think is the father figure or you know whatever you think he is, uh, it, might, it might be brought up that he's the brother-in-law um, mm-hmm. during that scene uh, a little bit later, but I don't remember exactly when that was. But the Scarlet Knight happens, and demons attack the village, and it kind of goes vague because he gives you guys an apple, and he's like, "Here, be safe." 
<laughs> and then it kind of just cuts forward to yeah. you know, you going to get the prickle boar meat and all of that. Now, flash forward, like you said, it does take a bit. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how long you were in this like first village area. Um, yeah, I guess two or three hours probably. It, it's a good little bit. You end up uh, waking up one night after. Oh man, is it? Yeah, you guys got attacked by demons going to get the flower for Celica, who is yeah. Velvet's dead sister. Yeah, you go out to the cape to go get the flowers. So. That's right. And she wakes up in bed, and everyone's gone, and it's the Scarlet Night. And that's when you watch <laughs> Arthur. Um, oh my god. Sacrifice Lafayette in front of. Velvet, uh, even though it's supposed to be for the greater good, and man, that's a rough scene. It is because you have no idea what's going on. Like the the Scarlet Knight apparently happens every three years, I believe it's what it is. Yeah, and every so you kind of saw what it was, and then you like <laughs> demons are everywhere. Velvet's trying to go figure out what's going on, and yeah, he just he throws an art up and sacrifices Lofty said right in front of which I mean <laughs> I. That I can't even imagine. Like, oh yeah, because she like, loves Lafayette so much. She, has, I mean, she's basically both parents for Lafayette. She's always taking care of them. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, you know, you said that about father being out of town. I don't recall them even saying that. Like, I just assumed they were dead. But you may no, be right. No, I was. I know at that point in the game, I was thinking that Arturius or Arthur, whatever you want to call him, was like maybe their dad. Okay. Um, that was when I was having that thought that, oh, you could okay, assume man. that if you didn't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. And then you find out brother-in-law, but that's who I was referring yeah. to. Like I figured, okay, was, I gotcha. He was off doing something. Cause whenever velvet gets in trouble, he kind of just shows up <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, Oh, where'd you come from? Thank you for saving me. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, Lafayette gets sacrificed, but of course velvet finally breaks free and goes to save him in this giant pit. Like it's, it's a crazy thing. And then, and it really gets even crazier, right? <laughs> yeah, because he basically tells Velvet, like, well, you're fucked. And <laughs> she's holding on to Lopisette, holding on to the, uh, the, the, uh, the lip of this giant hole. And does he slash at her hand or does he cut her arm off? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got his giant sword and he just cuts her arm off. Yeah, uh, which you know, kind of can't hold on if you're. Yeah. <laughs> she's holding on with one hand, and then there goes the other one. So they both <laughs> fall down the pit, and then that's when the giant, big dragon-looking creature comes up and eats them, and then explodes in the sky, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah, and then it gets, and then it kind of cuts forward to what I had seen as far as the trailer-esque type stuff for the game, where mm-hmm. there's a demon in that room, and all of a sudden, Velvet. Like, you just see her hand, and it's this giant, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a massive demon claw. Yeah. That she just grows out of her, like, left arm, and she uses this to eat demons, which, let me go ahead, and let's let's just go over and cover this. Uh, Who the hell puts an A in the word demon? (laughs) Because to me... I assumed it was, like, some sort of old English type of deal, right? It, it must be because to me that says Damon. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I, you see that randomly in other games too. <laughs> That's not the first time I've seen that, but I've never liked it. 
It doesn't make sense. No, yeah, I've every time I see that I say Damon, and then of course <laughs> it never it never fails in the game. They're like, oh no, it's demons, and I'm like, oh, all right. One day, one day I'm gonna play a game where it's gonna be spelled that way, and someone's just gonna call it Damon, and I'm gonna be like, thank you. Thanks. That makes it better. <laughs> um, but there are basically three, um, what would you call them? Types of people in the world. I guess you got demons, mm-hmm. Malakim, and humans. That's right. And humans, before uh, the night that Lafi was sacrificed, were unable to see demons, correct? They were unable to see Malakim and demons, and then the first um, awakening, I believe they called it, was then they could start to see them. And, of course, then when people's malevolence takes over, that's when people turn into demons. And they turn into giant werewolf-looking things, basically, and all other sorts of hideous creatures. Yeah, and that's that's where the story basically starts. Is <laughs> you, then you are Velvet, and you're trying to escape this prison so you can go and kill Artorias. That is now your life's fucking goal. You'll care about anything. You will do anything that you have to. You will fuck over anybody that you have to. You are going to kill Artorias. Yeah, I mean that's he. Um, he when Velvet first gets his claw, like she goes and attacks all the demons and. When she kills the demon and eats him, it turns him back into human, which is kind of weird. So then, like, she looks around, and she's basically just murdered her entire village. All of her friends, everybody she's ever known. Artorias has done this horrible deed and then locks her away in this, like, pit for three years, feeding her nothing but demons to eat on. And her clothes just slowly disappear. <laughs> yeah, that was... A- <laughs> That was another thing with her outfit. I was like, how did she, how did she go from her like little villager's outfit where she's all covered up and everything to lots I mean, of leather and straps and exposure? I mean, if you really look closely, you can kind of see that's what she had, and it's just been disintegrated, and then maybe you know thrown into the pit over the years. She's gotten some belts because I mean, there's a Japanese game, so there has to be belts involved. Uh, and kind of holding things <laughs> together. Uh, j- quickly, while we're on this about the clothing, right? So there's a scene later in the game with at the end with her and Lafayette sit and they take a bath, right? Yeah. And then afterwards, wh- how do you put these clothes back on? I mean, they are rags. There, there's no way you could take those off and then somehow get them back on. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. But you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> Like there's there's no way they were even held on to begin with without glue, let alone to take off and put back on. Come on, get some clothes. <laughs> and uh, not to jump too far ahead, but there was a scene with uh, um, Lafayette and Magilu, who we'll get to Magilu in a second. But she's like talking about all the books that she's got around her waist. Oh my gosh, it's the best. And Lafayette's just like really interested in these books. And then I don't remember what the hell Lofty said. She was like, oh, you want to see what's under this one? Uh-huh. And Lofty's <laughs> like, yeah, sure. And she just lifts it up, and there's her crotch. Obviously, she's got underwear on. Yeah, yeah. But there's her crotch, and I think it's Eleanor comes walking over and's like, what are you what? doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we skipped ahead some some key information there. We'll, we'll, we'll back up a little bit because there's now said the sacrificed brother, and then there's the reborn Malakin who looks just like Lafayette, but who's not. Yeah. And then Velvet calls him Lafayette to further confuse things just completely. Yeah, really. Um, and that's what I had next on my notes was the uh, 
going through the characters, so we could go ahead and do that. Um, okay. So we got Velvet. We've talked about her. She's very dark, very brooding. Um, Your perfect woman, I believe you said, right? She is my perfect woman, <laughs> uh, physically. Not, not, uh, not, not claw hand, I'm hoping. No, not claw hand. Not claw hand. Uh, Villager Velvet would have been best. Gotcha. Um, though, though the other two grew on me over the game. Yes, which, absolutely. Um, the next character that you meet that I can remember clearly is Rokuro. Rokuro, yeah. Who became my bud. Like, <laughs> Rokuro's the man. I respected the shit out of him. Yeah, for um, a demon. Yeah. For being a demon, yeah. He was very, like, lived by his code. And he was going to do what he got to do. He was going to repay his debt to Velvet no matter what. And he wanted to kill his brother. That was his two things. He wants yeah. to kill his brother... And repay debts. So yeah, you meet Rokuro in the island prison as you're escaping. Uh, I guess if you want to say Ceres, you know the reborn Celica, yeah. which <laughs> uh, comes to free. That. You know, comes to free you. But Rokuro is the first person you meet, and you tell him where his sword is. And apparently, that small act is enough for him to now gang up with you for the next fifty hours and uh, fight <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're fight you're fighting him, and he's just like somebody mentions a sword, and he's just like a sword. Thank you, and then runs off. I owe you a debt. Uh, shall I pay yeah. over the next forever? <laughs> um, Stormhow, yeah, yeah, Stormhow, and uh, what was it? Storm? What was his brother's Storm sword? Quail. Yeah. Storm Quail. That's right. Yeah. Um, now next up, you meet Magilu. Now for my notes, uh, well for Rokuro, I had. Rokuro's a badass with a sympathetic... He's a sympathetic character underneath all his brawn, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I wrote, Magilu is Magilu. That, there is no... You cannot <laughs> properly explain this character as she obviously evolves during the story, but her her story is so deep and twisted and funny, and <laughs> I love... Magilu might be my favorite character in this game. She is hilarious. One of my favorite things that she would do throughout the entire game was that somebody would be having a conversation that you could tell could go wrong, and Magilu would just appear like out of the corner of the screen with this really evil look on her face. <laughs> and then she would just start talking about something that would bring up a fight, or, you know, like, say, mm-hmm. between uh, Aizen and Velvet or something. Yes. But it was always funny to watch her just slide into camera view. With that evil look on her face, like she's about to stir some shit. <laughs> yes, yeah, that that is a good term for her. Just always stirring things up, always bringing up a negative point. Um, but yeah, she's a witch and uh, ultra. You know, you've got to have your mage in any tales or any JRPG, and she fills that role. You, you were talking about the books, so you know belts and JRPGs, and now books that she has at least four i believe so she has a book in front and a book on each hip and a book in the back or two books in the back that she wears and like i said that was that humorous skit that kind of explained (laughs) what in the world was going on and what they were but yeah a a witch with books around her waist you you can't make this up yeah and a big 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 hat (laughs) and it's very big hat i never found any other hats for other than like the uh Norman, the Norman, yeah, Norm, right. yeah, the Norman stuff, which I didn't use that. Yeah, it was interesting to take it off though and see just normal hat hair. Yeah, but I don't mess <laughs> with the character. I mean, I guess if I'd have paid money for the DLC costumes, I might have tried them out. But 
I didn't really do much. The only thing I cha- I did change Velvet's hair to villager hair, which the regular hair is just too out of control. Yeah, Velvet's hair uh, is basically would drag the ground when she's running oh. around. Huge. It's so long. And then, uh, oh man, my mind just blank. What was? I don't know where you're going. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, as far as the the costumes and stuff. Um, oh, okay. I ended up giving. Uh, I didn't wear like any of the costumes, uh, like changing the way they dressed. But I would do like I gave Velvet the plugs like I wear in my ears. Oh, okay, nice. Because uh, I figured it fit her, and like I, I think I gave them to uh, Rokuro too, because I was like it fits him. Uh, <laughs> Eisen. Wore an eye patch the whole game for me. <laughs> you told me that, and I was like, "Well, duh, he's a pirate." That well, that, that makes sense. And it's just like, as soon as I equipped it to him, I was like, "Oh, bro, you look like you should have been wearing one of these." <laughs> like it just so fit his demeanor. Uh, what I thought was funny with Rokuro was if you were to put the uh, eye patch on him, it would cover the one eye that's not covered by hair. Okay. So, so he, he basically blonde. <laughs> it looked a little funny, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't use it on him. But then, like, uh, I think Laffy, the reborn Laffy, uh, I gave him the little rose corsage. Oh, sweet. And the uh, the spy glass thing on his back. Like, you know, I just tried to, like, give him a couple things like that. But as far as changing, like, the way they looked, looked, I didn't really do that much. Yeah, I didn't. I guess I did take off his collar. That was really the only thing I did for him. But, yeah, I mean, those... You know, all those accessories that you earn by res- rescuing the cats, I don't, I've never messed with any of those in any of the Tales games. It's just, maybe a couple things over the years, but I just, I'm, I've never really dived into that. I don't know what it is about, I just want them to look how they're supposed to look. <laughs> yeah. I will say, too, that I, I did give uh, Velvet and Eleanor both the uh, left swept bangs. So, like, one of their eyes were covered a little bit. Oh, okay. And just it, a personal choice. Yeah, just just a personal <laughs> choice. It made Eleanor like ten times hotter. Okay, all right. I don't I don't know why, but it did. <laughs> so, uh, continuing with the characters, Maggie Lou, uh, we'll probably touch on her a little bit more before before mm-hmm. the episode's over. Um, at at the time, I wrote the child. Uh, okay. Which we come to know is uh, Velvet names him Lafayette after her yeah. brother, or number two. Yeah. Uh, he is adorable and curious. Um, and at the time I wrote, cause I wrote this towards like about halfway through, I was like, he is very integral to velvet and company, which didn't yes. change, but I didn't know too much about that. Um, I can answer this now. Uh, I put Eleanor is to be determined. Um, so <laughs> I ended up really liking her character. I did not like her at all at first. And I think you're not supposed to No, Well, she's the end. I mean, she works for the Abbey. She's a praetor. So you're not supposed to. Uh, she's obviously you fight her a couple of times and uh, the party even makes fun of her that she cries, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she wears her emotions on her sleeves and she is one of these noble people, but then is, it's kind of like, you know, exposed to the horrors within her own organization and can't stand for it. Like yeah. still believes in the principles that got, but not the truth. And I, I completely respect that, that, that that's who she was. And then she, she evolves a lot as a character. All of them do, but especially her. Yeah. She, she definitely grew on me for sure. And then 
like like you said, like watching her develop, watching her start to ask these questions and really seeing how much it bothered her to start realizing some of the things that the Abbey was doing, even though, because she looked at the Abbey in such high regard. Yeah. And, uh, Shepherd Arturius, Lord Arturius, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> um, she was just, you know, he is the man. Uh, but then you start to find out that the Abbey is not exactly what it seems. Uh, Arturius is up to some shit along with <laughs> Melchior, who I Melchior. think, oh. in my opinion, I feel like Melchior might have been the real bad guy of this game. Yeah, I mean, they called him the shadow of the Abbey, right? And that's yeah. always the, he, he wasn't pulling the strings, but he was definitely manipulating quite a bit um, as you learn more about him. that uh, Arturius was definitely the main bad guy, but he was just as important to everything. Yeah. Um, what do I have written? Oh, Eisen. Eisen, yes. Eisen. The Reaper. Uh, he is the Reaper. He is a thousand years old pirate. <laughs> but he looks about 30. Yeah, yeah. He's Malachi, uh, so. He's the first the first mate of the Van Eltia, which is uh, a pirate ship that is ran by Van Eifried, who is missing. <laughs> Yes, very, and you have no idea who he is. Now, if you played Zestaria first, you know, because that's the order that was released in, Eifred's name pops up a whole bunch, and you're actually searching for his lost treasures. So it was awesome, that part, and that other things that connect the two games. Those were some of the cool little things that got thrown in there that really engaged you in the story even more. It's like, oh, now I know where this legend comes from. Hopefully we can finally, you know, meet him at some point in time. Yeah, and that was one of the cool things I thought about playing Briseria first is that it might, you know, spoil me as far as gameplay, but now I've got the backstory to what'll be going on in I I think you're going to enjoy it a little bit more. I've talked to one other person who played them in that order as well, not release order, and they actually enjoyed both games. So I think that's maybe it was just a bad choice on Bandai Namco's to to release it in that order, but I can understand why they did. Um According to this Wikipedia here, uh, I, I, I won't spoil Zestiria because we haven't gotten there, but Aizen is the elder brother of a character in Zestiria, so that's pretty cool. Yes, one of your party members, yeah. Oh, that's that's pretty cute. It, it is. a uh, You hear him talk about her quite often, and when you see that character, you will see the resemblance. That Obviously, Malakin did not have actual brothers and sisters, but they were created, I think they said, the same uh, Earth Pulse Point at the same yeah, time, so yeah, it's explained that they came out of the Earth Pulse Point a few days apart. Yeah, and he did not feel the connection to all the other ones that had come out like he did her. So it was kind of like mm-hmm. you know he became like a sister thing. Um, go ahead and speaking of other party members from Zestaria, you, you do run into another one. <laughs> do Maybe you know? Yeah, uh, a certain uh, certain short tempered. Malakin that running around with a gun. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that guy. God, what was his name? Uh, Z. Z. Uh, I always want to say Siegfried, but I know that's not right. Um, this don't think is right. Zavid. Zavid. That's it. Yeah. Good job. Okay, so he's in. He. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So that's something so. to look forward to. I gotta think because isn't there's there's a big time gap, but he is a Moloch, isn't he? Doesn't matter exactly. Gotcha. Okay. 
Uh, and that that leaves uh, the character that probably annoyed me the most at first, but did grow <laughs> on me slightly. And that's Bien Fu. Bien Fu. <laughs> My God, he annoyed the shit out of me at first. He's terrible, but his voice. Oh, Miss Maggie Lou. <laughs> you do feel bad for the guy though, because I mean, hanging out with Maggie Lou's torture for God knows how many years. It's no wonder they ran off and went to Miss Eleanor. <laughs> what what won me over with him was whenever he would start to cry and he would say his name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The tears just falling like around. got me every time. Yeah, he's always yeah. like, yeah, I loved it. I, he's a he's a character that you love to hate, and he grows on you at the end. Until yeah, and, a certain moment, but yeah, I I believe <laughs> it's like when you first meet Magilu, she's looking for a traitor. That's and exactly that's, right, and that's why she comes with you is because she's like, I'm gonna find this traitor, and then when you meet Eleanor. And then you meet Bienfu, and Magi Lu's like, "Hello, Bienfu," and Bienfu's like, "Oh no, that voice!" That's <laughs> that scene where you just see Bienfu, and then you see like her shadow rise up behind him, <laughs> and just the uh, the evil eyes, and <laughs> you know he's doomed. <laughs> if if anything was uh, comic relief, it was Bienfu and Magi Lu. Like oh those, yes, those two were there definitely to lighten the mood sometimes. Not always. Not always. No, no. I mean, because she was a completely dark character, so it's weird that she was lightening the mood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You end up finding out uh, in the end. Oops. Okay. From here on out, spoilers. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, you end up finding out that Maggie Lou is like the foster daughter of Melchior, mm-hmm. and he had mentally just beat her down, and I guess she wasn't. Uh, he called her his greatest failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. She was supposed to kind of take over for him as the shadow, because as we found out, Melchior has lived for many hundred years. So, <laughs> yeah, just doing all the bad stuff for the Abbey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very. There's a lot that you find out that's kind of like whoa. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, another. Yeah, yeah. So Maggie Lee was a preacher for the Abbey. Yeah, and what's. Fuck it. Let's go ahead and talk about this now because it's it's on my mind and I don't want to forget about it. So, sure. explain to me something at the end when you're seeing all of the Earth Pulse flashbacks. Uh huh. Were were those there to f- fuck with Velvet? I mean, I know they were, but like, were they true or were they fake? Because that one, uh, like like the. The village, when you go to the village again for the second time and everybody's alive and then you yeah. end up seeing that it's an illusion uh-huh. um, and Velvet kind of has to get past that mentally, but then it's it's, that, it's around that point that Velvet starts to really break. Yes. And uh, in in the Earth Pulse point, there was one specific one that they showed that was Arturius and the original Lafayette, where Lafayette basically asks to be the final sacrifice. Yes, yes. Um. I could not tell if that was true or if that was something that uh, Inominat was showing, which Inominat is the final boss of the game, everyone. There, um, there you go. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a big god that Arturius is trying to summon because it will wipe humanity of all sin and fear and free will and thought. <laughs> and basically everybody will be a mindless zombie uh, and just 
live life. I guess everyone everyone will just do good. There will be no more like casual conversations. Nothing. You kind of just <laughs> live and die, and that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, to answer your question, as far as I know, that's exactly what happened. I don't I don't have anything to say that wasn't it, and I can see Lafayette doing that. Like yeah, he, knew I, he, was, I, he knew he was going to die. So why not try to make his life worth something? And I could kind of see that too, man. But like at the same time. I was like, "Oh fuck, Velvet Girl, Jesus!" Yeah, I mean, how? Um, <laughs> he, well, he did it for her though, because he know. thought that's what would do it. He did. He had no idea that's what that he was going to be reborn as a nominat. I don't think. I think he was just trying to sacrifice that. that he thought that would really help. Not, not fully. How could you understand? You know. Yeah. Well, oh, man, I, I just, I guess, I felt bad for Velvet because at that point, I was like, "Oh man, everything she did was for nothing." <laughs> Almost, yeah. almost, almost. Like, God, yeah. like, what a <laughs> yeah, that that whole section of game there at the end was just brutal with uh, story. Yeah, I mean, it's all trying to get despair out of Velvet, you know, in order to awaken, you know, not. So yeah, which Anominat uh, is one of the five Empyreans, uh was extremely mm-hmm. powerful. I guess, I guess, would Anominat be considered a Moloch too? In, uh, yeah, I mean, he's an Empyrean, so he's it kind of borders. You know, I, I always viewed him as the one ruling over all of them. So the other ones kind of just kept the balance going. Um, okay. But yeah, there's there's a lot. It's it's a deep, deep story. So you've got all this action battle system, but you've really got to pay attention to the story because you know, they're connecting two games, in essence, as well. So there's a lot of overarching themes going on tales games are always they always end up like that <laughs> yeah now i assume in zestiria the main god is uh fee's true name correct uh mount mount taurus or something like that um, yeah I, I god you know as soon as as soon as i saw it at the end of the game i was like i need to write that down because i need to ask james about that went and took a leak and forgot it while i was taking a leak <laughs> while i was standing there i'm like mal Oh no, ma! <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird because you see the end of that game and you're kind of wondering how they get to that point. But that's exactly, yeah, that's him. Okay, okay, and let's, let me see what my notes what my notes got here so far. Oh, um, so Oscar and Teresa, that was a. That was a moment too. <laughs> oh, when they fight and when you fight them there towards the end, uh, Oscar and Teresa—they are two um, pe- members of the Abbey, kind of high-ranking. Uh, their brother and sister. Well, well, they say they're brother and sister. It's kind of like she didn't have anybody, and he accepted her. Yeah, they they adopted her into the family, so they were technically like a stepsister and brother, which. <laughs> Let me go ahead and just say it. That makes it better because I always felt like there was a really weird attraction between the two of them. We've talked Bro. about Japanese weird brother sister things, but they weren't actually related, even though they looked like each other. Yeah, I got some. <laughs> they weird looked vibes like brother and sister. Yeah, I once they started going into the that they weren't really family. I was like, oh, okay, that explains some of the weird tension between the two of them. <laughs> it's kind of like Eisen when he was talking about his sister. Because a little not, bit. Yeah. They're not really sister, brother and sister, but he, I think it was 
Lothicet was like, I'd like to meet her. And he's like, you lay a hand on her. <laughs> I'll kill and, you. And, and, and Ben Wick's like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> he's heard that before. <laughs> like, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, Lothicet's like nine years. He looks like he's nine years old. I, I think he'd be all right. So not to spoil anything, but the character he's referring to is called Edna. And when you see that, you're actually like, oh, but Edna actually appears the same age. So like we said, would actually be somebody. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, of course, it's appearances and that, you know, she's old as well, but I don't think age matters at all. Yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> when you're playing JRPGs, that's one of those things you got to kind of accept. It's like, all right, well, that person looks 12, but I'm sure they're a mm-hmm. thousand. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Oscar and Teresa are basically trying real hard to stop you. Uh, and it ends up that Oscar gets this art which is like the magic of the world, really. Uh, it's experimental art that isn't known to work yet or not. And she, uh, Teresa steals a ship, and you guys end up finding that ship, and they're all like, all her fucking crew is dead from the Corsair Scourge. Wow, mm. I said that. Corsair Scourge. Nice, yeah. Uh, fucked that up the first time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they're all dead except her. And I guess she lucked out. <laughs> but you yeah, she taking, made it longer than the other ones. Taking her hostage to use her as a tool against her brother when you go to fight him. Because he is guarding the last Therian. I guess, I guess we should, we should probably talk that. about Therians. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Therians are, like, they eat malevolence in the world. So think of malevolence as, like, sin. That's the way I looked at it. Yes, yes. It was, like, your sins. And they, they're, they eat it. And... They are, the Abbey has got them captured in specific areas where there is like a strong concentration of malevolence. And uh, you eventually, dis- like Velvet and crew decides that you need to go capture all of the Therians. Yeah. Eight of them in total. Yeah. There's uh, supposed to be eight of them, which on the Earth pulls points, feeding malevolence to Enominot to keep him fed, I guess, and, and happy. <laughs> Yeah, so he doesn't flip the fuck out. Uh, yes. And, and I, I messaged you because at first I thought we were going to have to go around and kill all the Therians. Mm. And I won't I won't say that I was right, but I won't say that I was quite wrong because you... I, I wrote, I said, isn't Velvet a Therian? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, she is. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. No, no. You start adding that up pretty quickly, and you're like, "Oh, we're missing a Therian or two. <laughs> oh man. Oh, what's going yeah? Happen? Which explains why she was where she was at in the prison. That was that was a yeah. point. So yeah. Um, so going going back to the battle with Oscar and Teresa, you end up killing Oscar. Like he goes crazy with his uh. Art and you oh, end up having this Armatus, yeah, yeah, and that's right. That's what it's called Armatus. So like Velvet like jumps over him like with this crazy wicked ninja move and just like swipes at his back, and it kills him, and he falls down. And then she has this moment where she's she looks at Teresa and Teresa's like, "You killed him," mm. and immediately I was like, "Oh no, oh no," and Teresa's like, "You killed my brother." You killed my brother. And then Velvet's like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she starts having flashbacks to when Arturius killed 
Laffy, yeah. and I was just like, oh, f- God, dude, this game is tearing at my heart right now. Yeah, it was odd considering how many, quote-unquote, people, but, you know, all they were demons, how many she's killed to that point, but now regrets instantly doing this to Oscar. It was a, it was a weird moment, yeah. Yeah, and then she ends up having to kill Teresa as well, and then they die hand-in-hand hand laying there. And just, I mean, I granted, like, Velvet ate them and they were inside of her then because Velvet, like, absorbs Moloch when they, when she eats them. Yeah, which turns out to be vital to the rest of the story, but. but man, that was a very, that was another a heart a heartstring puller. And then the other uh, baddie that I had written down, you know, because we, we touched on Melchior a little bit, uh, Shigure. <laughs> Rokuru's elder brother, yes. Rokuru's elder brother and the owner of Stormhow. And yeah. he uh he's such a dickhead. <laughs> he but, is, but like you kind of I, I always liked him actually. Oh, I respect him. It's yeah. just he he's such a like a Oh, Rokuro, you need to go get better. You suck, little brother. Like <laughs> he's like <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because Roker is extremely strong, but like compared to Shigarai, he's just nothing like it. Yeah, I had a. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched Naruto at all. No, I haven't. But there's there's a character in that where he oh he's always wearing uh, his name is Rock Lee, I think is his name, and he's always got weights on. Okay. Like he he wears weights on his wrists and on his his ankles and stuff. And there's a there's a scene where he's going to fight Gara, and he. Uh, I think it was uh, his trainer guy tells him to drop the weights. Okay. And they're like, and they're like, we've never seen uh, Rock fight without his weights before. And Rock drops the weights, and when they hit the ground, they put a crater. Boom! <laughs> like that's how heavy they were. And that's what I immediately thought of uh, in the final battle with Shigure. Yes. When yes. she takes off the weights from him, and I was like, oh, he's going Rock Lee. This ain't gonna be good. Yeah, it was. It was funny because his Moloch. Yeah, it was holding him back the entire time to train and what he said like at the very beginning he couldn't even lift his finger it was so intense and like you never even knew he was inhibited at all and she releases it and see no i thought immediately of like dragon ball z with goku because he always trained with weights and you know that there's that one uh when he's going to namek and he's uh training in the ultra um high gravity chamber and it's like that's the first you know he couldn't even move his finger at first. Yeah. It was so so intense. I was like, oh man, that's such an awesome moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really like, oh yeah, shit's on now. Exactly. Shit is on and what now. an awesome final move that he has to do in order to defeat him is like, okay, yeah, because he couldn't beat him in a straight sword fight. It had to had to be something special. The three sword technique. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So the basically the story with those two is uh, Shigure has the the family heirloom sword and all the brothers got a fake version and uh, did they ever get into why Rokuro wants to kill Shigure? That's so it's funny because you you mentioned his honor but like as a human Rokuro was actually very in unhonest and deceitful and it turns out that he just wanted to he just wanted the family title he wanted to be head of the clan and that's why he went to murder him he spread the rumors of Shigure wanting to leave in order to have him go try to assassinate him. But uh, he was unsuccessful, and his rage turned him into a demon. 
Oh, okay. I don't know how I missed that. You know, I think it was a skit somewhere um, at the very end. It finally, but but Shigeru admitted that he was going to leave anyway, so he didn't mind. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think he wanted his brother necessarily to turn into a demon, but um, yeah. kind of let him get out. But yeah, he he's got the real sword, and it's always um, Kurigame trying to forge an even better sword than Stormhouse. Yeah, which I thought was going to end up forging himself into a sword. Which <laughs> the best was when uh, you wanted me to take a little off the top, and he. <laughs> Rugger cuts his head off to try to forge a sword that's more powerful and he walks around without a head the the entire time (laughs) does does this look like the face of a man who would give up (laughs) you don't have a face (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the rules don't apply when you're a demon there's all kinds of weird stuff going on yeah that's true Uh, I will say though I, I did enjoy before the final battle with Shigure when you guys go into that room, he's just sitting there drinking. Yep. And Rokuro just walks over to him. Could have easily just slashed him and killed him right there. Mm-mm. But he takes his sword out, and he sits down, and he hands his brother his sword. And he's like, hey, check this out. And then he yep. has a drink. Like, <laughs> they're they're totally calm with one another. I, I'm assuming that's some sort of ancient samurai type. Japan understand that more. I mean, we understand it as honor and respect. And he's... They even said like they're like this is a per- perfect place for an ambush, and Rucker was like, "No, he'll be sitting out in the open waiting for us. He would never do that." Yeah, yeah. and yeah. there he is with his fat cat. <laughs> what was that cat's name? I can't remember now. Oh God, I don't his, remember either. I don't know his mouth, but it was uh, it was a cute little kitty. Yeah, the the kitty was awesome. Um Oh no! I almost said turtles, but that that was somebody completely different. <laughs> That's the little merchant guys, yeah. Toitles, yeah, the little turtle guy. Like he's like, "Hey, what's up? My name's Toitles. I got everything that you need right here." Is okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> Velvet he's basically like the Bronx him. or something, right? <laughs> yeah. And and he's he's like, I gotta jack the prices up because of where we're at, you know, and things like that. And Velvet's like. I have to kill you if you jack the prices up. And he's like, all right, sale. <laughs> Market price it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I always felt bad because he's like, oh, I'm never going to get no more money. And I, at the beginning, I assumed that I would run into different kinds of the turtles, but it was always the same one. It was always the yeah, white turtle. It was turtle. always the white. I think there's other ones in the other games. So I don't, I guess this was just that one for, for this world. Oh, okay. That would make, that would make sense. I'm pretty sure. I may be wrong. But man, overall, I I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm trying to think of some story beats that really stuck out to me too. Um, the oh god, Blood Wings. Yeah, Is yeah, kind of mercenary type group or whatever. Yeah, I was sketched out about them at first. Yeah, they didn't make a whole lot of sense. I was almost worried that they were the ones uh, feeding information to the Abbey. Mm. Well, maybe. You don't really know. <laughs> but then also, like, apparently Bienfu was feeding information to the uh, Abbey, but then... The whole like, time. You ask him what he told them, and he's like, I told them that Velvet would actually probably make a good housewife. He's uh, <laughs> yes. like, stuff like that. And they're like, did you tell them anything, like, remotely that they could use? And he's just like, Bien! <laughs> 
So you, you never really find out what exactly he told her. And then I was cu- curious. I was happy to see that Magi Lu, like it wasn't Magi Lu because even though she tried to lie and say that it was her because she just wanted to stir some shit there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like as soon as they find out it's being few, she's like, oh, no, you've discovered our horrible plan. What will yeah. you do with us? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we heard the whole thing. She's like, oh, you oh. guys are no fun. <laughs> God. Maggie Lou, I, okay, here, here you go, here you go. Fuck, Mary kill, because it's perfect. There's three of them. Um, well, so I'll let you say uh, bang. We'll do bang, Mary kill for you. Oh, man, um, okay. Uh, Velvet, Maggie Lou, Eleanor. That's terrible. Like, okay, so Velvet post <laughs> claw hand and everything. <laughs> you probably just want to bang and get away with, right? And you got to, <laughs> you would marry Eleanor because she's the good girl. And yeah, sorry, Magaloo. See, and see, <laughs> I had I had similar thoughts, except I think that I would marry Eleanor. Um, I would bang Magaloo. Okay. And I would kill Velvet only because, wow. only because that demon hand and yeah, she. Get you. If you didn't do it good enough, she's gonna fucking devour you like a spider. Like it. Oh, like what? a praying mantis. Yeah, yeah. you're done. <laughs> Uh, but Magilu, I feel like, would keep things interesting. So I don't know, like being able to marry, being married to Magilu would be interesting for sure. Oh yeah, that would. Oh sure. <laughs> I don't know. She'd probably drive you crazy. Keep you oh, on your yeah. toes, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Eleanor is definitely the the one you could bring home to mom. She's uh, which I didn't, you know, the, just speaking on her quickly. Like at the very end, it shows her helping out people. It. In the on the Wikipedia, it says she turns into the next shepherd, which I don't think they ever actually said that. So I'm not sure huh. where exactly they implied that from. Obviously, she was helping people, but yeah, I'm looking here right now, and it says yeah, she becomes the new shepherd, one of the few humans to maintain the ability to see Malakim. Yeah, so I mean that. Okay, so that is an important part, as you would learn in Zestiria that. That's one thing that sets the shepherds apart. They can see, still see them. Which yeah. I don't know if you noticed in the last scene that when Benwick looked up at the mast of the ship, he could not actually see Eisen anymore. Oh, bro, made me tear up. That was another point I know. that made me tear up. I was like, oh, Eisen's all alone now, but not really because he'll always have his. Oh, man. He's got his Reaper's coin, I guess. So, <laughs> Oh, dude. And, you know, I wanted that coin to be head so bad when he flipped it the last time, but. It was satisfying that it landed on tails again. No, it it's never like, will. Nothing's changed for him. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, no. Did you see the skit where I forget who it was, but they had a couple other coins? Oh yeah, it was a uh, Rokuro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He flips the first one; it gets stolen by a bird. He flips the second one; it gets stolen by the Griffin. Yes. <laughs> and then he flips the third one, and it just shatters. Yeah, it was insane. Like it was so funny. The, the skits are so funny. Um. Let the the after battle things get a little old after a while, but the optional skits I always thought were extremely entertaining and all voice acted, so it was really well done. Yeah, there there were a couple of the after battle ones that didn't didn't get old to me. Um, one of them was like I think it was Rokuro was like this is my Rangetsu style, <laughs> and Eisen's like so that's the Rangetsu style, huh? And he's like no. And then Eleanor's like, so from here to here is the Rangetsu style? And she's like holding her hands out. And he's like, no! 
So, okay, let's uh, let's go ahead and throw it out there. What was your main party? I, I forgot to ask you this. Oh, man, my main party was uh, Velvet, Rokuro, Aizen, and Eleanor. Okay. All before, right, so... Before that, I would use I would use Luffy. Uh I honestly didn't use Magilu much because in my head canon, like she wouldn't want to be participating. <laughs> okay. Like in my head, she's like she would be the one kind of standing off to the side, being like, "I'll help if you need me, but I'm gonna be over here." <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and so I yeah, me same except um, Magilu for Eisen. That was my main and. But it's really good because with a party of six and be able to change them in so easily in and out of battle, it you you needed to, especially in the tougher fights. You'd be using all six. Yeah, absolutely. Because you need to like switch over to somebody who has their full uh, soul bars. Yeah. To kind of do, and that's that's the thing about the other thing about the combat that was it took some getting used to to me because it's like it's like a beat 'em up style combat with turn based elements to it. So it's like. You've got souls, quote unquote, and yeah. you can build up. I think was it five of them? Uh, you can get total. A, I think six might be was six. Uh, some of the equipment you could get a little bit higher. But you use those to either use your like claw attack with velvet or your mystic arts. Which I don't know if it's because I just mainly used velvet and not a lot of the other characters. Uh, there was an achievement on Steam for. Seeing all of the mystic arts and hidden arts, right? And uh, I did not get that achievement. So no, neither did I. So don't feel too bad. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I don't think I saw anything other than the one over and over and over. <laughs> so like, there's two. Di- each one has two different ones, and obviously the second one's a little bit harder to get. It takes four instead of three. Um, and I tried. Like, <laughs> I actually made it to where they couldn't do their level three one. I turned it off. But mm. like I still didn't get all of them, and I, I see now. I mained with Eleanor once I got her. I thought she was extremely fun to play. I know you you stuck with Velvet, which I did the first playthrough, and yeah, it, it kind of, especially like Magilus, like she used it all the time. It was extremely effective. Um, I don't know if you even saw it with the <laughs> though yeah the one where she extends the car <laughs> super high into the sky and just slams it on. Him. <laughs> yeah, which is great because she hits everybody. Like most of the Mystic Arts, it seems like it only hits one enemy, but hers would hit all everybody on the field. Yeah, which came in handy for those uh, <clears throat> dangerous encounters or risky oh, encounters. Yeah. Risky encounters, yes. So I did one the other. Uh, so I did honestly, I didn't even know it was a thing. Like I accidentally got into a risky encounter and ended up getting the Lindblum, um, random monster boss thing at the end. Did that happen? Oh. I guess that didn't happen to you. No, I don't. I got. I need to look it up exactly because it happened last night, just randomly, and you get a trophy for it. But I think you just have to enter in a risky battle and do meet some certain parameters, and then as soon as you clear all the enemies, like it froze up, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. I haven't saved in a while. Um, I'm going to, have to go back, but like then all of a sudden this uh, big beast shows up, and you got to fight him. I'm like, "Whoa, what's yeah, going on?" That's the, uh... <laughs> the dire enemies um yeah okay because it's like i've had i did have that happen it wasn't necessarily the same beast but i'd be in a fight and i'd clear it out and we'd kind of just be standing around and i'm like all right game's taking a minute to load (laughs) and uh then it would be like dire battle and i'm like oh okay all right here's this thing with you know a ton of hp that you got to go and wail on you didn't get a trophy for that one 
No, I, I did. I did. Just not the oh, okay. specific. Uh, okay. I think there, there's a couple different ones of those that can show really? up. Really? Uh, see, I don't recall that. Obviously, I got the tr- a new trophy, so I don't recall that happening in my first playthrough. It, it completely threw me off, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, did you do any of the hunts? I did most of them just kind of as I went across them. I think I missed the one um, kind of jewel-looking one at the very end that you can't even damage. I don't know what was going on with him. Um, did you fight that guy? He looks like a big crystal. Uh, is that the one where when you hit him, uh, it would do damage to you? Yes, it, it was all reflecting. If you looked at his stats, it was nine 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 for physical and magic damage or defense. Yeah, so. I, I think I ended up beating him, but I don't remember. I ended up blowing through all of my items. Okay, I ran um, away. I was like, screw this. But I do think I ended up beating him. I can't remember okay. how, though. Uh, and, I, and I do want to say that it was my party members that killed him, not me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was just basically tanking him. I would wail on him and then heal and then wail on him and then heal. Okay. Um, I think Magilu and... I think I had in Magilu and Lafayette at that point for some reason. And I think mm. they, they handled it from afar. That's um, cool. I did, I did, like I said, I think it all but like three. I yeah, I, I think there were three or four that I didn't get because I didn't feel like backtracking. Now, here, speaking of backtracking, one of my notes. Uh, all the backtracking. Titania drove me fucking nuts. Going down to the pit every time. Oh, my God. Oh, having to go to the other side, and then they're like, all right, well, now you need to go do this, and it's on the other side of Titania. So you run back to the other side, and then they're like, okay, well, now you need to talk to this person, and then you have to run all the way back to the thing down there so Lafayette can yeah. run, use his compass and... Is annoying. Then you got the geo board, which I thought was ridiculous. It makes Help. it. I mean, it's a little bit quicker, so I like that part. Yeah, it's a little bit quicker, marginally. N- not a ton, but it's it's it is a little quicker. But it got to the point where, I, at first, I'm like, "Well, this is dumb," and then it was like, I'd get to a new area and be like, "Fuck! Why can't I ride my dumb board?" Oh yeah, yeah. You got to like, find the thing to enable it, of course, which is halfway through the level. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that that is more than major gripes about this game is the backtracking, and it's it's well deserved. And I felt like an idiot, uh, so I had a whole stack of the uh, Denof Denof bottles, <laughs> okay, Enof, whatever they were called. The, okay, the, the fast travel ones. Yeah, I could yep. not figure out how to use them. Like I would go into the <laughs> the menu, and yes. I'm like, all right, so these are just here. I don't know what the hell, right, dude. On the way, like, (laughs) after, it was after the, uh, before the battle with Melchior, but, like, you were in that little town where you guys go in and scare everybody off. (laughs) Yes, yes. I hit the left trigger button, and it brings up, like, do you want to fast track? And I went, motherfucker. Oh, my God. I don't know how much I had backtracked in that game. And I could have just hit this button and ported somewhere. Yeah, and you can buy them at the shop, so it's not, and they're not that expensive. Oh, I was um, livid with myself. Yeah, <laughs> like I honestly, I did the same thing because I forgot that, and I probably went through like half the game before I started using them. And you know, there's some weight, you know, some warp points, but they're really random and they're not that great. You still definitely need that, especially if you don't need to level up running back through. Oh, yeah, the warp points, man. I almost didn't use those much because I was like, I don't know where the other warp point is. I don't know what this means. I don't know where yeah. this is taking me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, the west side. Uh, I, I this know. map has changed directions four times since I've been running around, so I don't really know which direction is west anymore. 
it definitely had like some dungeon or long field battle segments that were way too long and needless like uh what's that one where you're going to get um the first little gear of minanoa whatever her name is oh um, kimona yes when you had to go through that coral long i just feel like that was the longest needlessly long dungeon to get to the dungeon <laughs> it took yeah. forever yeah dude uh Kamawana, uh, a lot of those, yeah, it's like on the way to it, uh, there could have been some stuff cut, but they were also, I know that there's like this, at least in MMORPGs, I think it was Final Fantasy, when they first made Final Fantasy fourteen, they wanted each quest to be, to take about 10 minutes. Okay. And they would try to fill, do filler type things to make the quests last a little longer, to make it seem like you were having to do a decent amount of stuff to do the quest, you know what I mean? And I think they've kind of backed off on that a little bit, but I always try to keep that in mind where I'm like, all right, so they're just padding this out to extend it some. Mm. But That's what I kind of felt like I was running in a big circle and finally ended up where I was going to go to. Yeah, I, I do not disagree at all, though, that there's a lot of spots that could have been shortened and it wouldn't have affected the game at all. No, because, I mean, especially about that point, if you did proper leveling up, you didn't really need to. You'd be fine. You didn't need to grind. Yeah. Oh, the final the final uh, dungeon running around trying to find a Nomenot, I think I <sighs> fought three things. I ran as much as I could. Like I said, I was exhausted anyway, and I was fine. I knew I didn't le- need to level. And yeah. that, that's one of the more frustrating last dungeons in video games. I did not like it at all. Oh, my God. Dude, I even said, I was talking to the guys, I was like, I'm so lost right now. I didn't use a guide, I was proud of it, I did figure it out on my own. Good job, man. Yeah, me either. God, it Which took... is so random, I mean, there's, you open up a portal and you don't know where it even is, let alone where it's going to take you to, and then you got to backtrack to get to it and run around all these enemies that are, are kind of strong and very annoying. Like, they could wipe you out pretty easily if you didn't, um, weren't on it. Yeah. I didn't need to. I wanted to be done with the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At that point, I was like, I'm ready to see the end of this. I don't need another hundred random battles. You know? <laughs> no. No, I was, I was good. So did you catch your, your play clock, what you ended up going to beat it? Uh, Well, Steam Steam and the game read differently for some reason. Uh, well, okay. I think it's because I, I left it paused a bunch you know, while I would go do stuff. But... um. My in-game clock was 43 hours. Okay. Excellent. My Steam clock is like 60-something. That, see, that sounds a bit more... Even my second playthrough, I think it was at 55. And like I told you, you know, when we were messaging, I was like, my first playthrough had 90 hours on it. And I don't know if I just left it on for a day or something. That, that's possible. <laughs> I did, it's not like I did it you know, 100% or did all this or that. I think I just ran through it. So that, That's like... <laughs> my uh my first beat time for Persona Five, you could take probably a good twenty twenty five <laughs> hours of that off because you know, I had my wisdom teeth taken out at that time, so Ooh. I would just fall asleep all drugged up while playing Persona <laughs> for like five hours, wake up for an hour, play a little bit and fucking nod back out for three hours. That's funny. So it's funny you uh, it's funny you time. say that too, because Persona Five could have used about twenty hours cut out of it, I feel like. Yeah, 
loved every minute of it, but there was a little bit because, like, you know, we could wrap it up at 100. We don't need to go to 120 necessarily. Yeah, man, it's what a good game. I hope that eventually gets a PC release. Never. You've got Golden. Just be happy with it. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) If I have anything to say about this. (laughs) Fair. Fair enough. (laughs) I can't argue that. I can't argue that at all. Um, so like, f- basically, f- final notes. Like, I didn't want to spoil everything about the game because I feel like you know some people. We've done a pretty good job of it, so why stop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Um, it ends up turning out that, uh, in Nomenot, uh, this this big baddie that you are trying to go after the entire game, uh, ends up being. The reincarnation of Lafayette, or is Lafayette? It, it is him. I mean, reincarnation is not really appropriate. I don't feel like it's so. Then, whenever that art happened, I guess he didn't die. Then he just became. He just got pierced to the heart with some big, giant, you know, sword thingies, and then fell into an Anominot and got eaten. So he should have died. Like. I don't see how he didn't, but obviously was then reborn. Yeah, it was uh, weird, <laughs> weird looking dude. And then yeah, at the very end with him and Artorius, they they are Armitage. It's like holy cow, that was that's an incredible moment. Yeah, that was a cool scene, man. When they when they formed together as one. Yeah, and that that is a hell of a battle. Um, yeah, that was not easy. Uh, that was definitely one of the more challenging ones. No, yeah, it took me twice. Uh, he did kill me the first time. Um, really? Okay. Just, I'll, 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 I can knock on, I can knock on wood. I didn't die, but I played on normal. I don't know if you played it. No, I was on I was on normal too, but I just okay. I think I got I got stun locked, and there was like nothing I could do about it. Oh yeah, and then, you're toast. And then my party members were already kind of floundering. <laughs> and yeah, once I got stunned, and he hit me, he did uh, his mystic art. <laughs> Which is instant. You're dead. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was toast. And then my my party members quickly followed because I didn't have any way to revive. But it was a, it was a fun fight. I did catch him on the second the second go around. Now I the, I knew I knew he had a pattern, and I just was patient. I just blocked. Like I knew I would just weather it, and eventually he'll he'll be knocked down. The. Uh, so at this point in the game, you've gathered all the Therians, you've fed the Empyreans the the souls that they need to revive to weaken an Omanot, which was a cool ass scene. <laughs> the, the the anime cutscenes are are the hallmarks of the Tales experience. They're so cool. Yeah, so good, dude. I was like, wow. <laughs> it made me want to go head over to Funimation and see if there's a Tales of Berseria like anime because I would totally watch it. <sighs> I I don't think there is now. There is a Zestaria one that's actually been very well received. I was told was way better than the game, but I don't think Berseria got into one. Hmm. Well, I'll I'll check it out regardless. Okay. Uh yeah. and I will look into it. Um but so it's come down to like how is this going to how is this going to happen because if if Velvet kills the Nomenot, Velvet dies. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, she is a part of him, as is the Malachine. Uh, yeah, yeah like <laughs> and all of said, yeah. Like, so he dies. All Malachine are gone. It would just it would wipe him out, and uh, yeah. that was something that they were willing to 
deal with the consequence of, you know, and Velvet ends up, well, first, first of all, before even that, like, Velvet almost gets eaten by an Omanot, like, she just gave the fuck up. Yeah. And it yeah. took Luffy set being like, quit your bitching. Like, <laughs> stop oh, whining. Now, yeah. To, well, I, I was like, tell her what she needs to hear. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking he was going to tell her that he loves her or something like that. And he's just yeah. like, stop whining. <laughs> and he just chews her out. And then he eventually tells her he loves her. Yeah. At the very end. That's sweet. And uh, he gets, you know, she gets escapes and then you fight a Nomenot. And at the, at the very, the very end. Velvet goes walking up to Luffy, the real Luffy. Yeah. And he's like crying, telling her that he hates her, all this kind of stuff. And she hugs him. He's so hungry. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's so hungry because he's, he has no malevolence to feed on. Yeah. But like, Velvet is the personification of malevolence and she feeds on Malakim. The Lord of Calamity. So, yeah, the Lord of <laughs> Calamity. So, Luffy bites her on the neck and starts draining her. But she takes her claw out and grabs Luffy. Yeah. So, it's this never-ending cycle of them feeding on one another for eternity. Yeah, it's kind of a yin-yang ideal. Um, but, yeah, just a perpetual cycle of transference of power and they go into that eternal slumber and Luffy, Luffy said loses it. He doesn't, you know, he, I love you. And yeah, she's got to go. <laughs> it was, it was at this point that I was in the discord chat and went, Oh shit. And hit mute and pulled my headphones <laughs> off. Uh, and I'm, I'm watching this where she's talking to, uh, I keep wanting to call him Luffy said, but it's weird. Cause she's also attached to Luffy said, so, uh, the, mm. the Malakim Luffy. Yeah. She's fee, talking to him. Whatever. Yeah, Fee. <laughs> and she's telling him, you know, go out there and live your life. Um, he's not, he said he's not afraid to die. And she's like, good then, die when yeah. your time comes. Yeah. You know, you have a lot left to do, help people. Like, I'll be okay. And just, damn, man, what a, poignant moment yeah it was very cool it was a very cool wrap up man and that that ends up saving everything like uh, yeah well i mean then the you know the appearance you know if if they're let loose on the world it wrecks havoc so there has to be another guiding force and so there has to be a new imperium and there's only one person for the job fee steps up and says that he will do it and they ask him why he wants to do it, and he basically goes on this uh, Miss America spiel. <laughs> it wasn't the best ever, but you know. But I mean, yeah, I, I understand. Like coming from a little kid, though, like I'm like, all right, I can get why he would be so gung ho about life. You're saying this is the world peace answer? Yeah. Yeah, basically, you know, he he wanted he wanted everybody to be all right, and he wanted to give everybody who had been turned into a demon, a second chance at life um, and all of that. And the Empyreans find what he says to be noble. So they make him the fifth Empyrean. And then everybody like this big light happens. Everybody gets poured it away. And then there's this, this giant fucking dragon in the sky. (laughs) And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. On the, on the, on the Empyrean throne. So yeah, just, just keep that in mind. 
That's um, yeah. that's it's coming. Yeah, or that's fee. Uh, and, well, Who, I say that. <laughs> uh, you know, going on the deeper dive of all of it was you know the first Scarlet Knight when your Selica is sacrificed. Um, she was pregnant with Arthur's child. Yeah. They were both reborn as Saris the Mullican and as number two at the time. So, in essence, Lafayette the Malican was Velvet's nephew, unborn. So, it, I yeah. mean, there's and Arthur's child, <laughs> which I don't know if he ever actually realized or knew that. Uh, no, I don't. He didn't act like it if he did. No, yeah, totally not. (laughs) But that was another that was another story beat that I was like, oh man, because I I don't I didn't remember. I remembered Velvet kind of hinting at Saris being Celica. Oh, she knew it right away. Yeah, I see, and see, I didn't catch that. I don't know if I was just looking at my phone at the beginning of the game. So that reveal was like, oh damn, to me. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, what did um, when you first started the game? You're like, yeah, I've got velvet. And how did you describe Saris? Oh, was it half naked ninja lady? Oh, that's something with with big boobs or something. You know? <laughs> I was like, oh, Saris, yes. <laughs> I gotta go look now. <laughs> she definitely got an upgrade uh, in her Malican form, as opposed to human. She's a little more homely. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it was it was definitely tragic. With I mean, you you cannot feel sorry for Arthur, but at the same time, like he he changed that night, like he said, like his wife and unborn child were were sacrificed. Now there's kind of the idea and thread that he knew what was going to happen, and it was intentional. At the same time, I don't maybe, but I don't know. I I. I I don't want to think that thought because that's just too terrible. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, <laughs> it's like knowing, man, yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's two birds, one stone, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like to think that he didn't, but I don't know. I don't know, but it's, it's kind of like, well, why was he there in the first place when he met Selica? Because he was trained to become a future, not shepherd, but definitely to lead the Abbey, and then all of a sudden finds himself wore out near near their hometown and starts a new life. Just all of a sudden, I, I don't know. Like he's so deceivious. Like I could almost see him like going that route, but I don't want to live in a world that that thinks that that deceitfully. Yeah, and that and that's basically the, the the thing that I thought like because with him sitting there and she comes up to him, he was like, "No, I'm just tired." It's like, well, <laughs> are you like, are yeah. you really just tired, or are you like here to find it? Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't want, I don't know. Um, and I I was able to look up the uh, name of I couldn't find what I called Saris. Uh, I assume it was big titty ninja chick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that just seems like something that I would say. 
But, is she is she uh, is she going to be a, a DLC in the uh, upcoming Neptunia crossover ninja fighting game? Oh, man. <laughs> I'd play as her. I know I would too. <laughs> totally for sure. Uh, Luffy's okay. So Luffy's dragon name is Maltellus. That's it. Okay, so we were close. I could not remember. It it means the like wielder of the silver flame, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that was his his gift to the world. And he looks awesome, but it was absolutely hilarious to me. They didn't change his voice. Nope. He's still the same one. It sounds older, maybe a tiny bit, but Yeah, he's not got a really. little dra- a little dragon in there, but it's just like, <laughs> Do I scare you now? Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh no, not now that you've talked. No, I'm I'm fine now. Thanks. <laughs> That's like when you see like a really jacked up guy, and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> oh, all right, thanks. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Roids. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but I, it ended on a good note, and I I did not expect it to because of how bleak the game was. I was like, surely, and it honestly it didn't end great for Velvet, but no, but her she, sacrifice. Like I said, she dug her a grave. Yeah, she knew what she was getting into from the very beginning. Yeah. And to see her end it the way that she did was just really cool to me. Uh, it was. It, it's almost like her atonement for every everything that she had done is that she is now going to do this for eternity. Yeah. Well, I mean, she got her revenge, and she got her brother back in a way. So. Yeah, and what better than to hold Luffy for eternity? Yeah. The brother that she thought she would never hold again. Of course, exactly. Yeah. So. Fucking A, man. What a story. Like, <laughs> it never... really is. Like, I don't think people go into Tales games kind of expecting that. Not I bit. mean, there, there's been some experiences, certainly. Like, I've enjoyed them. And um, that's why I, high, I put Berseria in high regard in terms of one of my favorite tales experience and you've heard me harp on the podcast a million times when it goes on sale why have you not bought this game <laughs> go yeah. get it yeah for sure for sure um if i were going to give it a ranking i would give it eight and a half out of ten b foos that's exactly the number i had in my mind yeah it's a solid eight and a half for sure like had some points that it could have been improved but like other otherwise very very good yeah no i mean the backtracking the the as flashy as the battle is it can get repetitive um that's the graphics are i thought were were very good i don't know what it looked like on pc if it ran any better looked any better but i thought it was Uh, perfectly fine on ps4 oh yeah i I, honestly playing it on pc it might have looked a little crisper but like other than that i didn't see where pc would have benefited a ton for this kind of game you know yeah um i mean that's that's kind of the way the tales games they're they're never going to be mind-blowingly beautiful games that's not what they're going for yeah well i think that what they what they do though they succeed well at yeah yeah for sure um so before we get into plugs and stuff i got a couple (laughs) random things to bring up okay sure um First is we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, the Edge of Eternity. Uh, yes, I have not, yes. Th- th- they did reply to me uh, when I put Ooh, in my, look and they you. told me that uh, my problem stemmed from my Steam installation. So to check the file integrity. Oh, so, I did, so they I blamed did you. 
Yeah, pretty much. So I did that. Oh, and, the, the uh, oh when it changed the language. Yeah, when I logged in and everything was like okay. wingdings and Sanskrit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was hilarious. I haven't loaded it up since then, but I did do that. Okay. Uh, to see if it'll fix it. So next time we talk, I can let you know about that. I meant to do that last night, but I was so into tales that I forgot. I so, I thought you were referencing the the obvious flaws with the game that they had, <laughs> they said it was an installation error. <laughs> no, there's there's some things that need some addressing on that game. Yeah, I agree. Um, there was another like three gigabyte update for it a couple days ago. Uh, oh, okay. So I need to log in and see if they fixed the character characters at all because it just really throws me off how skinny their arms are. <laughs> I think they might have because they, I, you know, I posted that on the channel the other day. They did an eight minute walkthrough, which still had a few things in it, but it definitely looks like it's their current build and you know maybe their best effort. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to look into that. Um, and the other things that I have, um, we can talk about this if you want. If not, it's all good. But uh, you are moving to JRPG Island at some point, sir. That right? is so. That's the plan. Plans change, but <laughs> oh yeah, I, I know that. And knock on wood. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that is that is our ultimate goal. And in reality, whether it happens this summer, which you know we got a kid in school, so we don't want to mess up the school year. Yeah. Um, I'll, that is whether it's this year or next year or whenever. That is the plan. There's a lot of things that got to happen, but we are excited. Yeah, that's that's always been the joke was we were going to, <laughs> you know, move on down to JRPG Island and like have some sort of convention down there where a bunch of nerds go out and what look at the sun for a minute and then go back inside <laughs> quickly. <laughs> like ah, ah, it hurts. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that is the hope we are trying very desperately to make that happen and um yeah that i know it'll be what do we, what do we say like a uh hour or two away from your neck of the woods down there yeah yeah it's be about two two and a half hours i think okay. and it would it would uh put you within driving vi- visiting distance for yeah some, you know, grilling and gaming so that would be that fun. sounds that sounds like a plan so <laughs> yeah, i'll like i said i'll keep you updated and we'll Fingers crossed, and like I said, if it's not, if it doesn't all work out, we'll get down there eventually. Yes. Now, uh, last question for you: mm. you got a fa- you got a favorite soda? <laughs> Diet Coke. Yeah, I got, I, that's what I'm drinking right now, sir. I, you know, but I said I said that off the top of my tongue, and I've actually gone Diet Pepsi here lately a lot more. I don't know why. So, I do, now I don't drink hardly at all. Like I'm a coffee and water guy. Um, so it's a kind of a treat now to have a Coke Yeah, and I can't do regular. It's too syrupy, but Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi is exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, I've been more of a Diet Pepsi guy lately. Uh, I got Coke this time I wonder, it was on sale, but has it changed? Like, are, are we just imagining that it's tastes different? I don't know. I remember it being awful when I was younger. <laughs> oh yeah. And, it was undrinkable and my mom would always get it and I hated it. And now I prefer the diet ones. It's like, like you said, I drink a regular Pepsi or a regular Coke, and I'm like, oh my goodness, is this dessert? What is this? Yeah, it's too. It's just. It's it, so it, sweet. I need a water to kind of wash it down afterwards. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you're not you're not a beer guy, right? No, I do. I love beer. So oh, okay, okay. That's then... my drink of choice. Um, I mean, I like wine as well, but typically, like if we go out, I want a good draft beer. Absolutely. Okay. Now, are you a a light beer, a dark beer? It it doesn't matter. Tasty, like I'll I'll drink a Yingling or a PBR as much as anything else. Um, okay, 
uh, Stella Artois is my my go to if I can if I can find it and get a fancy beer. But Stella, <laughs> exactly, Stella. exactly. They they look at me very oddly when I order it that way. But yeah, is... <laughs> I uh, I, uh, I usually swing towards the darker beers, but I don't mind okay. like uh, you know any any of those. Um, I do like Budweiser, not like Bud Light. I could do without, but like Budweiser, the red can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the redneck enemy loves that. I don't know. It just gives me a headache even thinking about straight Budweiser. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. The uh, the next day, if you have too many of them, is not always great. I, I I'm at the age where if I know I'm going to drink, I just go ahead and pop a couple uh, headache medicine beforehand because it's coming. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I I had a friend of mine too that that taught me this trick that she used to do whenever she would take a shot she would chase it with water yeah that's a good that's a very good strategy for life yeah yeah she was like anytime i take a shot i chase it with water that way i'm keeping myself hydrated and i'm not drinking mm-hmm. sugary stuff and I'm it's like, so weird to think about drinking dehydrate you but yeah yeah well yeah it, it is kind of weird to think about but then like you also think all right well it's going to make you more than likely throw up when you're younger because you're going to drink too much. <laughs> so you're going to be losing liquid that way. You're going to be peeing all night. Yes, multiple you know, times. Yeah, Because your 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 bladder is like, no, get this out of me right now. <laughs> like, well, liver has done its job, now get it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this to sit in here any longer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was just curious because I was talking with some people the other day about sodas, and I, I've always really liked uh, Diet Dr. Pepper. And Okay. Like diet Pepsi and stuff. Uh, cream soda is probably my favorite soda, though. I'm not. I'm not I, huge on sodas. Just occasionally, you know. That's about it. Yeah, and then I figured I'd ask beer too. I had beverage slash beer, but I I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about drinking liquor. So I figured that like beer is probably more your go to. Yeah, I learned my lesson liquor in the, you know my twenties, so I'm good. Yes, sir. <laughs> It's, it was funny when I turned 21. They were like, "You want to go out and drink?" No, no, I don't. I was like, I did so much drinking from like 17 to 20 that when I hit 21, I was just like, "Yeah, okay." No, I was a good boy. I waited till then. I made up for it. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying I yeah. never drank before before I was 21, but I'm just saying like I definitely yeah. You did. You didn't pursue it. Like no, no, it yeah, just yeah. happened to be there type of deals. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Well. All right, man. I think I've I've held you a long time. Go ahead and let's, <laughs> let's let's get some plugs out there. Tell everybody where they can find you, good sir. The JRPG Report Weekly Podcast. You can find it on every listening platform under the sun and futures to come. I'm sure. Uh, we do all the news of the week. Try to keep it short and sweet, about 45 minutes, just going over all the main things that happened, all the cool stuff. Sometimes a little longer, sometimes shorter. Sometimes we invite. Awesome people like Dalton on there to talk about. Hey. Uh, <laughs> do some do some fun things, but uh, probably it's just for news. And of course, we got our YouTube channel getting closer and closer to a thousand. So YouTube will give me a few pennies every video. Um, JRPG report there. That's that's the main ones. We're on socials, you know, Facebook and Twitter. If you want to see the things that we end up talking about on the podcast, yeah. And I, I can't recommend it enough. I listen to it every week. Um, I think I've brought this up before, but like I know when I first found your show, it was like I listened to it, and I tw- I think I tweeted you or something was like, oh, this show's awesome. And you were like, oh, sorry, it's over. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I quit it like the next week. I took a little uh, 
I think about a year off yeah. of it. Just life was a little too hectic, and I wasn't loving it. And my wife greatly encouraged me to start it up again, and it's been smooth sailing and a, a joy ever since then. Yeah, man, and I'm I'm, I'm glad you decided to give it a chance again because we would not be here talking and having a good time had you not. So. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 and, you know yourself and, and some others. I've I've made some real friends, and you know the community has grown, and it's it's just so cool to find like-minded individuals to talk about these things. It's it's good for your soul, and you know especially in this disconnected world, you've got to have that connection with other people, or you're just going to be kind of miserable. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Even yeah. with our solo games, like you know, not when I'm playing my game. Keep me away. I want to be by myself. But <laughs> we can talk yeah. about it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like the the introvert thing, where it's like, all right, listen, I need my time alone. Mm-hmm. But then I will come out of hiding, and then we can talk about anything you want. <laughs> but but I, every now and then, I need I just need you to go away for a little while. <laughs> yeah. I need to play my game. Nobody talked to me. My headphones are on. Yeah, about every night, about ten o'clock to twelve. That's that's me time. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, for me, uh, anybody wants to find anything to do with me, you can go to the Steam Machine Podcast.wordpress.com. All of our links are there. You can find uh the Patreon link, the merch link. Um we do Patreon episodes. Uh I'm I've been releasing the uncut version of these, so you get to hear all the all the beginning shenanigans before uh the show actually starts uh, over on Patreon. Plus, I do a, a music podcast over there um, where I basically just play radio DJ with some of my favorite music throughout the years. Uh, we'll see how long it takes for me to get in trouble for doing that. But for now, it's <laughs> it's been all right. Uh, You've been canceled. I just want to let you know that, by the way. <laughs> it's like, bye, yeah, you're, you're, get out of here. Get out of here, sir. Um, I do believe that next week's episode is going to be Portal. Um, I know Portal's about three and a half, four hours, so I'm going to try to play that this week alongside starting Dragon Quest Eleven. So One of my favorites ever. Yeah, we're going to be diving into that. Yeah, Nate, Nate and Willie both are real excited for that because Nate is also a huge Dragon Quest fan. So the last Dragon Quest episode, we might have a round table of people Ooh, around be to fun. talk about it. Yeah, I might, I might have to fire it back up and refresh the old memory. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, but yeah, next week going to be portal uh i hope you all enjoy that um i will be streaming it uh on twitch tuesday if i remember like this past week i was supposed to stream on twitch on tuesday and i was playing final fantasy 14 completely forgot (laughs) to stream so uh hopefully that doesn't happen again and i will be streaming some portal and or dragon quest 11 i will figure it out but at this point, I'm rambling. James, thank you so much for being here, man. I really do appreciate it. Not a problem, buddy. Thanks for having me anytime. Yeah, man, for sure. And I appreciate all of you listening, you wonderful, wonderful people out there in podcast land. Uh, this is the Steam Machine Podcast. My name's Dalton, as always, guys. Take it easy. Take it easy.